Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. A little Mercury retrograde switch up this week. I'm doing it a half an hour earlier. I'm meeting a friend for dinner at 7. She's 84. We're celebrating her 84th birthday. And she goes, can we meet at 7 instead of 7.30? And I was like, yeah, we can do that. So Mercury Retrograde surprise. You came here to listen, and the show's already done. So this is the Mercury Retrograde moment of April 8th, 2018. I'm Ann Ortley. Broadcasting here from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan on a beautiful Sunday, uh, just so pretty out. And I moved the desk, you know, as part of the repainting, and I had the sunlight over my shoulder all day today. And I actually had to pull the blinds and drop it down because I couldn't see the couldn't see the charts on the computer screen because the sun is so bright. So I really feel like spring has arrived. Yay, rah! And what we do here on the Weekly Weather is we talk about what's going on and how you can use the energy and what it's for and how it's positive and the whole idea of here we have this world, this wonderful world, affected by the heavens, the lights above, and we're all interconnected. Giant cosmic merry-go-round. So I want you to kind of sit back and rest and kind of say, yeah, I got through another week on Earth, and what's going to happen in the week ahead? And so we'll talk about that and what it feels like. Now, what we're doing is we're moving forward, and you know we do have Mercury retrograde. He goes forward and he stations to go direct. He's going to station direct on the 15th next uh, Sunday. But also what's going to happen this week is we're getting an orb of Saturn getting ready to station, and Saturn stations on the 17th. So we know that the five days before and the five days after, you know, we're kind of feeling Saturn and uh, stopped in the sky because he's at the degree of his station. So that's going to start on Thursday. We're going to really feel the world slow down as Saturn gets ready to stop before he goes retrograde till September. Then the other thing we're going to have, right after Saturn stations next week on the 17th, we're going to have Pluto station the following week on the 22nd. So Saturn's slowdown is going to run into Pluto's slowdown because Pluto stops for five days. So next week, he and Saturn are going to share kind of a simultaneous slowdown. And, uh, you know, so when that happens, what we do is we know the planets are moving really slowly and they're kind of, when they go that slow, it's kind of like we're feeling them extra strong because they're going so slow, right? Then when they're zipping along, you know, they go zoom, zoom, zoom. But when they're driving by real slow, right? You know, it's like when you used to, I, mean, I don't know if you did this, I did it. When you drive by your old boyfriend's house and you kind of go, yeah, who's, whose car's in the parking lot there, you know? Whose car's in the driveway? Drive by real slow. So uh, these these are slow days because Mercury's stopping, Saturn's stopping, Pluto's stopping, all changing direction, okay? Um, and so the forward motion of the year slows down. So our job with this is to know, okay, we're going we're gonna to kind of park it now for a few months till September, really. Uh, and we have this little window of heightened activity between when Mercury stations to go direct and Saturn stations to stop. And we also have a new moon this week, uh, which is going to happen on uh, next Sunday, the 15th. So I'll be having a new moon me- webinar next Sunday 
on the night of the new moon. It's an Aries moon, so nothing like having the moon at 9.30. As you hang up the webinar, you can go do your ritual. So we're going to have a new moon ritual next Sunday, the 15th, and we're also going to have a brand-new juicy new moon. Um, so we'll talk about that and the registration up for that. And also, last opportunity, my assistant Rose is uh, hosting a coordinating, producing, producing, that's the right word, producing a play called Jane Austen's Persuasion that she wrote, and she's uh, it happens on Monday. So this Monday, last opportunity, tickets on my website, tickets on the Internet, Google Jane Austen's Persuasion, look for Ro- Sarah Rose Kearns, Rose is her traveling name, but her real name in the in the world is Sarah Rose. So watch for her uh, website, and if you can come by and support, great. Um, $25 goes to a good cause, and audiences, it's really interesting. Audiences are very important for plays. <laughs> I would, We were talking this week like, um, you know, like you don't really think about it, like, you know, when they sell at a concert, lickety-cut, but like Broadway shows, I was like, wow, you know, they have to get people's butts in the seats. And it's kind of interesting. So I have a whole new appreciation for um, something I never really thought about ever before. Um, you know, how many people go to buy the movies? How many people go? And they, they rate it based on how many people show up in the seats. So hopefully you can come by. It's Gramercy Park. It's at the Players Club. Beautiful, beautiful building, so just for the building alone. And the show is at 6.30, so you'll be out and home to bed at an early hour because it's a school night. Uh, So that's this Monday, the 9th of April. So what our week ahead is, is because of the slowdown of these planets, we do have kind of a solitary energy, a a pokiness, a a sense of, oh, and, and I don't believe the um, webinar for next Sunday is up yet. So don't email me and go, where's the webinar? (laughs) Uh, It'll probably go up on Wednesday. So just diary your camera. And I'll remind you next week on the show. Um, But yeah, so we have this energy of forward. Oh, and last but not least, I'm speaking at the Long Island chapter on the 13th, uh, which is next Friday, at the Merrick Library, I believe it is, the Long Island chapter of NCGR on all the earth and water in the sky and how we use it for manifesting. Okay, that's the public service announcements for the day. I should write them all down and then go. All right, so we have this energy of pausing, of stopping, of stationing. And we realize when planets stop, it's really unusual. And so it's important when they pause because we realize, of course, they don't go backwards. It just appear to go backwards. But then what they do is they trace the same section of the sky like three times, like a highlighter. So we really notice. So we're really going to notice the planets now. Saturn's going to go back to two and a half, and he's going to trace it. And, and Pluto's going to go back to whatever he goes back to, I think 18. We'll talk about him next week. Um, but we go, they go back and they retrace the section. So you have an opportunity to revise, revisit, and change. And it's an optical illusion where it's like driving on the car on an expressway. And when you pull up next to the car and you're going at the same speed, it looks like you're both stopped and the world is going by, right? And then you pull ahead and they appear to go backwards. So we know it's not really what happens. They don't actually go backwards. They just appear to. But from our perspective on Earth, it's it's a moment of, oh, wow, we're not – we're not in union anymore. You're going the other way. You're you're leaving me. You're reversing me. You're asking me to do re-words, R-E. 
So what we do on the retrogrades is we go back and re-rise, revisit, rework, redo, re-re-re-re-re, any reword around the nature of the planet. So Saturn, he went into Capricorn on December 20th. He passed the point where he's going to station February 12th. So we're going back to February 12th, and we're going to redo everything that we did between February 12th and now. And then with Mercury, Mercury's retrograde, he's now stationing, and he's going to turn and go direct because he's been retrograde from since the middle of March. And he's going to ask us to go forward for the third time over the same set of planets and uh, same section of the sky. So he brings us kind of like, you know, pointing. In the old days, you know, three was unlucky because you would never light a match with three on it because they would, the snipers would be able to shoot you down. You know, three on a match was enough to pinpoint the light. So pinpoints, lights going over things three times, really etch into our soul the energy. So as Mercury now stations to go direct in Aries, he's still in feisty little Aries, so he's still in the mood to be a little, a little bit difficult. Um, what he's going to be doing is bringing up the, the for the third time, uh, for the third and final time. You know, think of the game shows. Think of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Think of the Three Wishes of Aladdin. There's a lot of threes in the world. The sun stops for three days. So we we go for the third, and the third is we get it right, right? You get three strikes in baseball. Think of all the threes there are in the world. And um, an honor that Mer- as Mercury stations to go direct, we're going to get a third shot at bat. So in Aries, he does want you to speak your truth. Mars is out of bounds. So Mars out of bounds in Capricorn invites us to go, okay, uh, I rule Aries. What do I need to say to you that might be past what you think is needed or is past what you think is appropriate, is past what you want to hear? And it's a forward motion energy, right? Because he's now turning direct. So it's an interesting week. It's a two-page week, not a big two-page week. Not a lot of two, not a lot on those two pages, but still a two-pager. So let's do our moons and see what they're about, and then we'll drop into um, we'll drop into the planets. Okay, and I am actually taking off my glasses. I have these cool new glasses that I can't really read my calendar with um but i read other things with them all right so today the moon is in capricorn and it's got a closing aspect of a square to uranus which is a breakup aspect so friday saturday sunday moon square uranus friday afternoon 201 governed by this moon square uranus moon and aries square uranus that's a harsh energy but it does push us in kind of a new direction and invites us to do things in a different way the moon is then void from 1040 until 250 in the morning when it enters Aquarius. The moon is in Aquarius on April 9th, April 10th, and it goes void at 1055 a.m. on the 11th with a sextile to Uranus. So moon in an air sign, sextiling Uranus. Remember, Uranus is like way at the end. He's at 27 Aquarius, or 27 Aries. So he's going to be the closing aspect for many, many of the fire and air planets uh, because he's going to kick them up, and then they're going to be happy. And then for the earth and water planets, they're going to be unhappy. So the moon in Aquarius is an idea moon, and he's got a nice sextile to Uranus. So those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday till 1055, happy. 
Then he's void from 10.55 in the morning until 2.40 in the afternoon when he enters Pisces on Wednesday the 11th. And then he's in Pisces Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, going void at uh, 7.27 a.m. with a lovely uh, sextile to Pluto. Okay, so moon in Pisces, sextiling Pluto, wrapping it up and saying, oh, okay, that's pretty cool, that works. The moon is void all day Friday from 7.27 a.m. until 11.26 p.m. And again, Friday I'm speaking at the Long Island chapter of NCGR at the library in Merrick. Um, And so the energy is very intense. And then it goes into Aries at 11.26 p.m. on the 13th. It's in Aries the 14th and the 15th, the new moon. And then it goes void at 1.59 in the morning with a conjunction on Monday the 16th at 1.59 it goes void. Uh, with a conjunction, so Friday night, 11.26, Saturday and Sunday, but all really potent days for getting lots of stuff done and moving things forward. Now, it also happens to be the day that Mercury stations, so we notice that on definitely the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th, so usually there's some kind of slowdown or show, you know, everything kind of slows down. Lately, this year, it seemed to be a lot of snowstorms. Hopefully, we're done with the snowstorms. It's April. But you never know. So Mercury is stopping that day on the day of the new moon. And the new moon that night is at 16 Aries. On uh, It's at 9.57 p.m. on the, uh, the 15th tax day. Of course, uh, that's a Sunday, so tax day then doesn't happen on the 16th because that's Emancipation Day. Thank you, Massachusetts. <laughs> so we don't actually owe the money to the taxes until the 17th. Um, so that's always a that's always a fun one, and that's the date that Saturn stations to go retrograde at nine. So he, we're going to feel Saturn station from the from the twelfth on, the slowdown, and we're going to feel Mercury station. So we also, even though the Moon is in Aries and wants to go fast and zippity zippity zip, Saturn's going to be going slow down. Mercury's going to be going stop. Right. So it's kind of a weird push me pull you because the moon emotionally is answering is is you know it's in fire but the other things are kind of like not so fast not so fast and of course mercury is um as he stops he's stationing at nine and he is stationing square to saturn right i'm sorry he's stationing at five which is square to saturn at nine so we also get harsh news. We got some harsh news last week. We get some more harsh news. <laughs> it's it's the week ends for harsh news. So we kind of go, all right, harsh news, here we go. And on a symbolic level, you want to look where the fires are erupting, right? Because it's fiery energy, very passionate, delightful, fiery energy. Moon and Capricorn kind of feel. So um, I woke up this morning to Trump Tower on fire. Uh, apparently there was a fire on the 50th floor of Trump Tower and included loss of life of an art dealer. But I thought, interesting, on a symbolic level, Trump Tower is on fire. Hmm, what does that mean? So watch where the fires are. Watch where the fires are in your life. Do watch unattended candles because with, there is quite a bit of energy in the sky in fire that can cause uh, problems. Um, and we don't want problems with fire generally not a good thing but we do move forward with all this energy so that's the good part is we're going to be moving forward 
after we stop. <laughs> Actually, we're going to be moving backwards with Saturn and forwards with Mercury. All right, so let's talk about the journey of the sun this week. So he is at uh, 21 Aries, and he's going forward to 25 Aries, about a degree a day. boom bidi boom di boom And right off the bat on the 11th, he has a square to Pluto, sun square Pluto. So Pluto's in Capricorn, 21. Sun gets to 21 Aries, going to square that Pluto. Kick up. Power dynamics, power struggles, power drama. And your job is to go, okay, we're working with power struggles and we're working with it from the perspective of uh, how do we get there, the first to the tenth house, the idea of who I am and what I want to initiate versus what my authorities tell me I can do. Then we are having this sun in conjunct Jupiter. Because remember, Jupiter and Pluto met up last week. Right, and uh, so they're kind of hanging out together, and in in conversation with each other because Jupiter's in water and Pluto's in Earth. So the moon, the sun goes in conjunct to Jupiter, encouraging us to make adjustments, psychological adjustments on how we need to proceed. Then the sun has a semi-square with Athena which is saying to you, rethink your patterns, rethink your decisions, come up with another plan. Always good to have this backup plan in case stuff doesn't work. And then partnership kind of takes it on the chin a little bit uh, because Aries goes, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. And the partner goes, what do you mean you're ready to go? I thought we were doing, no, I'm done. And you kind of go, ooh, you're done, huh? Wow, okay, cool. Then the sun comes to quintile, or I'm sorry, comes to join uh, Eris at 23 on April 13th. So that's a fight. That's an argument. And, of course, he's approaching Eris after his square to Pluto. And pretty soon we're going to have Pluto and Eris kind of doing their thing. You know, they're going to have seven squares this year. Uh, And so Pluto is uh, 21 right now and Eris is 23 they're within two degrees of each other, so they're looking at each other and going, so we're going to have a fight, huh? Kind of like World Federation Wrestling. I can't wait for this argument. <laughs> but the son comes to Eris and says to her, okay, so you're, you know, you're, you're upset? And Eris goes, I am. So you do want to listen to the people that are upset in your life on the 13th because they are upset and it's important. And if you don't listen to them, it's not a good thing. Sun is also quintile the south node on the 14th, inviting us to release something we really don't need. And our job is to go, okay, you know, all right, you're right, I probably don't need that. I probably don't need that. What is it I don't really need? Uh, and so honoring that is because what you're doing by releasing it is giving yourself permission to move forward. Mercury this week is retrograde, remember, and he's stopping on the 15th. He's going to park at 446 uh, Aries and go direct at that degree. In the meantime, right now, he's at 649. He's backing up, and he's going to have a sesquiquadrate to Jupiter. What that does is it makes him have a little bit of a stressful relationship with intensity. He's going to kind of be like, I know you're really intense, but I just really can't handle it right now. <laughs> and he's going to do that on April 8th. So people are going to be like, eh, I know you're, I know you're really upset, but i, I got all these things i got to do. So just kind of honor that, that energy of intensity, but not enough time. Mercury also is trying to Ceres, which has a great deal of energy around the creative function, and that's going to happen on the 9th, and it's also sextile to Pallas Athena on the 9th. So there's this nice little little kind of what we call uh, happiness 
know, where Ceres is happy because she's working with Mercury and Pallas Athena is happy because she's working with Mercury. So they're all feeling very collaborative. So it's a great idea to collaborate with people that are helpful in making plans or in seeing where you want to go. And they don't have to necessarily be people you know well. This is just kind of running across friendly, happy people in the world. Mercury is also parallel Chiron on the 10th, and that is, uh, that's a little bit of a wound. You know, it's going to trigger some emotional stuff coming up. And remember, some of the aspects this week are a little harder. And then we also have Mercury contraparallel, Eris. So when someone wants to fight with you, you may find that you're going to be like, you know what, I don't want to fight with you. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to fight with you. Or they want to be provocative. And you kind of go, mm, you're trying to get me to fight with you, aren't you? <laughs> so when you feel that coming in, when you feel that energy coming at you on April 12th, April 11th, kind of go, oh, I know you want me to fight with you because that makes you feel better. I remember way back when my stepmother was, her mother was dying and my dad was being an idiot. And he was like, her places with me. You know, he was doing the Neanderthal chest-pounding kind of version of an Aries. And I was like, her, her mother is dying. Leave her alone. We had a huge fight. I got him so mad he hung up on me. And I, I do have Mercury Square Mars because I, really, I can really mouth off. And I really, he doesn't hang up on me very often, but he was so mad he hung up on me. And I called her and I said, look, I called Peggy, and I said, look, you do not have to go down there. He's being a brat. Just ignore him. She goes, oh, I had this huge fight with him. She goes, oh, honey, I'm so glad you fought with him. I'm like, what? She goes, he always feels better after he fights with you. I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah, your sister won't fight with him. And, and she and she and he made a deal they would never fight. So we used to jokingly call them the Bickersons because they would bicker, but they wouldn't fight. She goes, he always feels so much better after he fights with you. I'm like, what? You know, and so I'm like, Ugh. So I started thinking about, well, he is an Aries. He does like to fight. And then I started thinking, you know, that's how he discharges his energy. He fights it out, right? So I thought, huh, I called my sister. She goes, no, I don't fight with him. Not that he doesn't try, but I don't go there. I go, no, Dad, we're not going to fight about that. We're not gonna, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm like, really? You don't fight with Dad? She goes, no. I'm like, wow, okay. So I kind of thought about it, and I thought, all right, well, I can fight with him about, like, stuff like who shot Leah Harvey Oswald and are plastic surgeons really doctors or do they just play, prey on people's insecurities? Um, I, I, can, I can have an argument about those kinds of things, you know, stuff I don't really care about, you know, uh, but he, you know, he has an opinion about. So that was how I shifted it. So this week when they come looking at you and they want to fight with you, when Mercury's in, in Aries aspecting Eris, just kind of look at him and go, you want to fight with me, don't you? Okay, we can have a fight. I mean, I'm willing to fight with you if you want to. But I'm just noting you want to have a fight with me. All right, and you don't have to fight with them. All right, so Venus squares the nodes of fate on April 10th. She's giving you a, she's running, I'm sorry, I should have said, she's running from 12 to 17. So she's a busy bee. Uh, and she's in Taurus, her favorite sign. So she's setting off all the degrees in your chart between 12 and 17. She has a square to the nodes of fate on April 10th, giving you a fated choice. You have an option to pick. Pick towards love. Do not pick the, um, the alternative. Pick towards the happy place. 
Mars is also, Venus is also trying Mars in Capricorn, out of bounds on the 11th, so she's very productive. They get a lot done this week, she and, do, she and he do. And it's a great week for beatification, beautification projects, for cleaning out your house, for bringing in some flowers, for doing a little spring hoo-ha uh, with Venus trying Mars. Also a great day for love, so if you're internet dating or you're thinking of meeting someone look at the 11th as a good meet mate meet mate day venus also is and of course spring you know you're kind of in the mood when the spring comes venus semi squares as chiron do not let your holds fears hold you back chiron's at the very last degree of pisces so he can kind of go be afraid be very afraid and you have to say venus and taurus Venus and Taurus at the world's axis turns to him and goes, I am the love goddess and I am not afraid. Then Venus is in Taurus sextile to Neptune on the world axis on April 12th. That is a great day for falling in love, pursuing a dream, having a wonderful time. Enjoy yourself. Then Venus is contraparallel Jupiter on the 13th, which says she's kind of saying to Jupiter, you know, I know you kind of want me to you kind of want me to be tied down, but I'm kind of feeling like I need to run free. And then you can kind of see her taking off with her hair flying behind her as she's dancing and singing. Then Venus has an aspect, a hard aspect to the nodes of fate. Uh, by declinations, again, you want to choose the positive north node creative energy direction uh, wherever that wherever that takes you. Uh, move towards that. And then she also has two aspects to Vesta on the 14th and the 15th, offering some change in the home, change in the environment, change in the, the plans. Mars this week, 12 to 15 cap, not doing much, having an adjusting aspect on Monday the 9th in terms of how we proceed with things, with Mars out of bounds, kicking up a bit of dust in the air. So just kind of go, all right, kicking up a bit of dust, I get it. And then he also has a sextile to Neptune, the same as Venus does. He's in Capricorn, though. So he remember, he and Venus are in a, you know, they're in a trine earlier in the week. But they're, now is Mars sextiles Neptune on the 14th after Venus sextiles Neptune on the 12th. So they're talking to Neptune, both of them, about their dreams. So this is a very good time for collaboration even though the planets are kind of pausing and stopping and getting ready because Mars and Venus are moving forward and they're very much working with Neptune. So even though the other guys are not moving, this is positive for independent work uh, as we move forward. Then Jupiter trines uh, Juno on the 10th, so she's going to be pushing us forward in terms of our partnerships, our relationships on Tuesday the 10th, and then she's sextile Pluto on Saturday. So Jupiter and Pluto having their second of three sextiles. They're going to have one more uh, down the road. And what this offers people is a new dynamic relationship between uh, power, Pluto, and relating Jupiter. And so this is a lot of times when I see this, it's like coming up with, you know, what's a positive vision for how we partner with power, how we partner with, you know, our establishment success. Um, I usually find these are, when these aspects take place, there's something tied to a bigger cycle in your life in terms of how you, um, you know, in terms of how you get there. So there's a whole, 
uh, forward motion piece that, that becomes part of it. The cat laid on my keyboard, so hopefully this is still broadcasting. I can't tell. Oh, cats, cats. All right, Saturn. He is at 9 Aquarius, and he's basically parked. I'm sorry, 9 Capricorn. He's basically parked. He's in a quintile to Juno, the marriage planet. Uh, so he's partnering with people. This is a great week to kind of solidify partnerships, get them launched and loaded. And then he also has an, an adjusting aspect with the strategy. And that happens on April 15th, once he's gone retrograde. Pluto at 21, uh, Cap, is sextile to Earth. Um, and so they have kind of a, okay, let's understand the related work that we have. Um, and so Pluto and Earth sextile to Juno asks us about how we want to partner, how we want to ground the partner, how we want to creative nurture, creatively nurture the partnership. And then he has a sesquiquadrate to Pallas Athena, which kicks us into a little bit of a stressful stressful vision about how we're going to do things. And then uh, Athena has a sextile to Ceres. So we're thinking, you know, the strategy of how we approach things and what we do and where we're going and, you know, what do we want to do with this differently? What do we want to do the same? And that's going to happen on the 10th too. A lot of energy towards the end of the week with this stuff. And then last but not least, Perilous Athena has a semi-square with Eris on the 14th and kind of gets irritated. And Juno has a blind spot from Eris. So Eris is active this week, kind of the sense of irritation about how we get there. In terms of the week, uh, the week's days, it's very, very busy on uh, Friday, especially because the moon squares Saturn. And Saturday, so there's a little emotional uh, stuff, and it's busy on Thursday too. The beginning of the week's a little quieter, so anticipate the week getting faster as we go forward. And then, of course, don't forget Mercury stationing to give us new communications. So if your ghosts call this week, make sure to take the call and say, "Hi, ghost. What are you trying to tell me? What do you got to say to me today?" And uh, the ghosts are active. Um, and that's all there is. So I wish you a great week. I'm off to celebrate my celebrated birthday with my 84-year-old friend. We're going out for Italian ragu. Woo-hoo-hoo. And I wish you all a great week and a happy, happy April. Bye. <laughs>